Hello friend, I am Maria and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, consciousness, and the inner workings of the universe at large. My partner Sergey uses hypnosis to bring me into a deep theta state where I get a chance to connect with my higher self. He then interviews me to uncover a wealth of knowledge about higher realms, celestial beings, and various energetic practices. Enjoy! Today, I would like to continue on our conversation about elements. What qualities does a person have with a dominating air element? Sure. Um, so the air folks are very fast. So they think fast. Very often they would talk fast. They process information quickly. So they, they just, or they can be, like, they can even walk fast, eat fast. So there's something about them that, like, they like the speed. They appreciate the speed. They're very comfortable with the speed. Um, you, If you're an air element, you may notice it in some things and not others. It doesn't mean that, like, across everything you're fast, but there will be, like, one or two or three things that you tend to do faster than the others. And it's noticeable. Like, a quick example could be people that like driving fast uh, or, like... Um, or I don't know, they, they like running and, and when they do, they run fast, right? Um, or um, I don't know, they, they would listen an audiobook at hyper speeds, for instance. Like there's many versions of how this um, comes to life. So they like speed in general, like in, in all its facets. Um, as a byproduct of that same frequency, they're not necessarily the most patient people, right? Um, so just the energy of air is a fairly volatile energy. So uh, what I mean by that is, they don't like being contained. They don't like being put in a box, both physically and literally and, and, and figuratively, meaning um, these are your freedom lovers. These are your adventurous people. These are the people that don't necessarily like commitments, right? You can kind of like put a finger on it. Like they don't like to, or it, like it takes a lot for them to want to be in a relationship, uh, especially like to commit to somebody for a life, let's say, right? Um, so it's, it's not something that like they take lightly because they really value their personal freedom, their personal space. Um, in general, um, air uh, folks might also take up personal space or like they would prefer to take more personal space than the others. And it could come um, in many different facets, actually. Um, sometimes it would be like the, you know, the kind of person uh, on a train that takes two seats instead of one. Like that's a typical air um because they're just like expansive um or you know they like their personal space like and for instance like they, they might be like not into hugging for instance like when when meeting with people and you know it's like so they would kind of like put like um boundaries for personal space like this is mine this is yours you don't intrude on mine i don't intrude on yours we can all be friends type of situation um they can also be because of that they can be possessive of, of certain objects and they're like well no this is my computer like this is my phone but like don't touch what's mine um so uh, it, it they, they can get that way they're also sharp uh, intelligence. So intelligence in general um, is very much an air property. Very often they're strong communication uh, folks, so they're strong communicators, right? So they um, they tend to be direct, um, you know, again, and, and that's a byproduct of, of being fast. So they'll, they'll tell you how it is as opposed to like beating around the bush and like, you know, trying to preserve your feelings. So, so they tend to be more direct than others, shall I say. 
Um, they're um, also um, they don't they don't um, they don't like pressure so much, right? Be- because they they don't like so they don't terribly like planning ahead. So they're kind of like sperm of the moment people. They would prefer to just go with the flow. Um, as opposed to have like a very stringent regimen and, you know, like this is the time that I wake up and God forbid I don't wake up at that time. So again, like they don't like really to be caged. Um, heirs on, on the flip side are not your most grounded people. So what that means is they tend to have an overactive intellect and uh, an overactive brain. Um, and sometimes that comes at the expense of some of the other things, right? So what I'm, what do I mean by that? Like they tend to, they may spend time daydreaming, right? Or just thinking, noodling on something or like having a philosophical debate or discussion of some sort, but they don't always take it to action, right? Um, so they don't always act in the physical, like sometimes they would just get like too, like their, their head gets really busy. Like these are your people that process more thoughts per minute than your average person. And because it's so busy in their head, sometimes they don't realize because there's so much that's happening in their head that they didn't even realize that the whole day has passed. <laughs> you know, they don't have much to show for it, frankly. So not every air person is going to be like that, but sometimes they're, you know, they can have an issue with not being grounded enough. Um, and because they're impatient, sometimes they would have, you know, like attention deficit. So it would be like the people that may have a hard time focusing on a particular task and carrying it through. So like that impatience uh, makes them want to change from from like their activities around. Right. So like these are the types of people that, um, you know, they like being generalists they like being jacks of all trades because they're like exceptionally curious and they know a little bit of everything right like going deep into something is when sometimes they have a challenge because they can, can get bored but you know like knowing a little bit of everything about everything is kind of like their thing right uh, but again it comes like with a natural curiosity and they are fairly open-minded and again the, everything is an overgeneralization everything is a generalization um, you know, have I met air folks that are not very open-minded and very stubborn? Yes, but they tend to be, because they're curious, they tend to be open-minded. They also tend to be the folks that um, have like the easiest time accepting that their view of the world is not the ultimate truth. Um, whereas a lot of the other types are going to cling to a certain version of reality. And this is how it is, right? And this is good and this is bad. And this is like why I came here and who I am, etc. And like, but if you, you, you know, but that that's why it's almost like when we're dealing with awakening, for instance, the air types are going to be the ones that accept that the easiest because they don't have a very fixed perception of reality. Theirs is the most dynamic. So this is going to be your, you know, your type that takes on all kinds of spiritual, esoteric information, invisible things, right, um, very well. They, they take that very well. They're much more prone to believing things like that. They're kind of more open-minded. And again, they, they um, you know, it depends. There are two types of air, um, air folks. Um, there are the ones that you, you'll have the ones that their heads are so busy, um, meaning their intellect, their mental is so busy that um, their crown center is really blocked because the traffic gets so congested in the headspace that n- like no stream comes up and down, 
right? So despite being like a very intellectual sign, they can get stopped and stuck with some of the simplest things because they're not always getting the communication from higher realms. Or they could be the ones with an overabundant, overopen crown chakra, and that could actually prevent them even further from being grounded. They can get like too much in, 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 you know, in, in, into high realms and like they can, just, it's kind of like good luck trying to get them to wash the dishes type of situation. Um, so on the, um, I guess, I don't know if you want to talk about the shadow. Yes, please. Okay, cool. Uh, so I, I've already mentioned that they're not your most patient person because they're not, not your patient. In, in general, they struggle. They could struggle with, you know, their emotions and temper when it comes to delays, impediments, blockages, right? If they cannot get what they want or they cannot get fast enough, they don't always know how to deal. Um, they also, um, because they're impatient, they get to uh, jump. They, sometimes they tend to jump around. So it's kind of like so, some of these folks are like in perpetual soul searching mode, which is not necessarily a good thing. You know, there's like healthy soul, soul searching and then there is unhealthy. Um, and sometimes your air sign, your not sign, your, your air person, your air um, human um, is because they don't like to focus. Right. They might jump around from a hobby to a hobby. Like it could, it could be somebody that takes on, I don't know, trying to play the guitar one weekend, then gets bored after they've already bought the guitar. Then next weekend, they're like, well, maybe I'll take singing classes, take one singing class. And they're like, never mind. <laughs> then they like buy five books in physics, uh, go through like one chapter, and they're like, never mind. I actually don't like physics. So they jump around. They can jump around from relationship to a relationship. They can jump around from like an apartment to, to an apartment, from a job to a job, right? And Whereas like with hobbies, I guess it's harmless. With, with certain other things, it could be quite harmful and tumultuous. Because again, like they cannot commit to things. And very often they cannot even commit to things that are good for them. Or very often they can very often commit to their mission. So what I see very often with air types, which is kind of interesting, right? And we've never necessarily spoken about that concept. Um, when they arrive onto this planet, a, a big portion of their energy sometimes hangs out right next to their body instead of being fully integrated to in their body. So when, when, when you guys integrate into this time-space reality, when you come into this incarnation, what happens is um, your higher self projects forth a stream of energy that is supposed to anchor itself in your physical body. Now, um, you know, you wouldn't be able to listen to this podcast unless some version of this, some semblance of this happened, right? So you've all arrived. Thank God you're here. What it doesn't mean, though, is that 100% of your energy is now being put to good use. So with air, um, folks, very often, like a portion of their energy that was meant to be for this incarnation would anchor into their physical body and another part of their energy. And it depends how much it could be from 10% to 90%, frankly, like that range is pretty vast is going to be like almost like put away in like a pocket, an energy pocket. And that pocket is in the vicinity of the human body, but it, it's not part of either the auric field or any of the light bodies, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like this energy on reserve. And the reason that that happens is because um, those folks, right, that came into an incarnation to either, you know, like with a dominating air uh, quality, can't even commit to this incarnation, if that makes sense. So... 
100% of their energy hasn't arrived. And because 100% of their energy hasn't arrived, they have an even worse um, time with committing to anything. Relationships, jobs, sticking like to a certain course. They may also experience issues around like fatigue, like chronic fatigue, or even sometimes chronic disease. Because, you know, for those of like, and I'm not saying that 100% of air people are that way. But I'm just saying that it, it tends to be like a commonality within this energy type because that of that lack of commitment, if that makes sense. Makes sense. Um, what else? Well, they can be quick to judge. It's an, another one of those judgy types. Um, we've already mentioned that fire types tend to be judgy. Um, air types tend to be judgy as well from a very intellectual perspective. They, 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 um, they could be a little bit arrogant or snobbish, um, if that makes sense, because because of their active brain and active mind, they tend to be smarter than um, some other types. And again, I'm massively and grossly overgeneralizing, right? But I have to, you know, otherwise, how am I going to try to paint the, uh, an archetype for you, right? So I have to overgeneralize. And because they're able to process reality at a faster rate and in general are smarter and thus they accumulate more information within their you know uh during the course of their lives um very often it's hard for them to relate to others or to feel like they're part of the same tribe if you will part of the same community of the larger human family because they somehow feel like better and a little bit superior to others especially like to the earth types, right? So they tend to be judgy and judgmental from a place of, I think I might be better than you, right? Which is arrogance. Um, again, pretty big shadow for an air type. Um, they can be quick tempered uh, and like quick, quick to judge. Like I said, like they, they tend to make decisions like a spur of the moment very quickly. Um, but then, you know, and, and start like executing without like planning and then change their mind and like run around in, in another direction. So very often, um, it's not potentially a shadow, but it's a challenge with this energy type, should I say, is that they, um, they run very fast, but it's not always in the right direction, right? So um, this is your typical, like, this is a person that sometimes can be carried away into busy work right like they like keeping busy but it doesn't always mean that they're moving in the direction that they're meant to be moving into or that's even in their best interest in the first place um because they're very intellect and like very light um they tend to not be uh like a type that naturally gravitates to others like this is not necessarily a person that's like seeking a tribe for themselves, right? So a lot of the people who are individualistic, a lot of the people who are comfortable in their own skin and very confident because the uh, energy of air is fairly confident. Uh, and like I said, even arrogant sometimes and even superior. Um, they they don't necessarily, they're not always good at building relationships and lasting relationships. And I'm talking um, whether that's you know, romantic, whether that's a friendship and even within their own families, right? They don't, they, they're, they're kind of a part of the family and a part of the crew, but they're never, they would never initiate, 
you know, like, oh, let's, let's get together. Um, they would kind of always like go with the flow. Like if they get invited, they may say yes, they may say no, but um, they almost like, they never kind of like fully belong anywhere because of that. So with the air type, sometimes you would have this sense of loneliness. I'm, I'm lonely. Nobody really understands me, but it's because they're the, the, the type that doesn't build the bridges, right? Uh, instead of like the other folks, like they kind of expect that the bridges are going to either be built themselves, uh, but they don't really fully understand that in order to have a, like a friendship or a long lasting relationship, they have to do the work, right? So it, it tends to, uh, the, the air types are probably the ones that feel the most lonely out of every other energy type. Um, I think this is kind of like a big overview. I don't know if you wanted to dive deeper into certain aspects. That's um, great. And uh, is there any difference between men and women or maybe how? No. 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 So not really. Um, this is the one thing that really spans genders. Or should I say it both the same um, element, right, um, would act and manifest itself fairly similar whether you're a man or a woman. It doesn't really change that much hmm. that makes sense and uh like talking maybe about the body composition or like yeah. some things mm -hmm. that can nurture air yeah. element so very often with airs um you would either have them be tall but not like tall and stout and well built like tall and skinny is kind of like um you know one of the ways that like they would come across so like a lot of tall people are airs um a lot of people that, you know, have certain parts and like certain parts of their body, like come across as thin, you know, like somebody who has thin wrists, somebody who has thin, th thin ankles, for instance, or somebody that has long and thin fingers, right? It can come across in different facets of the body. Um, sometimes like smaller eyes actually could uh, denote the fact that you're an air type. Like if you, if your eyes are slightly smaller, uh, or if you have like a very thin and like elongated face as well, right? So everybody's kind of like every body type that feels a little bit longer and almost like elongated vertically <laughs> tends to be the air type. And it's it's kind of because it, it, it gets them closer, you know, to, you know, the air element. That's why they, they kind of grow taller, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and then what was your second question? Like what food-wise what they need? Yeah, like uh, what could nourish uh, air element? So air is, uh, what nourishes them is cooler foods, right? Because the element of air is a very chilly uh, element unless it, you know, the sun shines and then the, the air can warm up. But like if, if you think about like even higher dimensional um, air, which is like the cosmos, it's it's pretty freezing, right? So in order to kind of like maintain the sharpness and the swiftness and the speed and all the things that airs are really known for, they really like things that are cool or chilled, right? So, you know, it could be anything from, I don't know, an ice drink. Um, it could be anything like if it's like fruits and vegetables, it, it would be something that you just got out of the fridge. Like if it's like a watermelon, it would be like a cooled off watermelon, right? Um, it, it could be like ice creams and sorbets that just stayed in the fridge, like make them feel like really in their element, you can really balance it out. Um, so in the same ways that like fire needs more warm and hot foods, air needs cooler foods, not spicy. Spicy and air don't really go well together. Um, what airs like is pickled though, 
So a lot of pickled stuff, um, it really balances the element of, of air, whether that's like, you know, the actual pickles or like cabbage or, you know, sauerkraut and like what have you. So all types of pickled stuff, um, airs really like. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of the most important. These are the most important ones that I'm seeing. And they like how we had this conversation about uh, earth people uh about occupation is there like any specific occupation these people could be really good at yeah so diplomats a lot of politicians again because of the communication anything that has to do with oral written communication is um they're masters at so if you need to do a lot of public speaking um, you know, so your lawyers, um, you know, uh, especially like in litigation, right? Especially where you have to have a little bit of the, I don't, I, I don't want to say that lawyers are arrogant, but like when you're doing litigation, you better have a lot of self-confidence and then you have to have the, the groove and the, like the aura around you that would position you a certain way, right? To enable you to win the case. So they would make amazing litigators, um, diplomats, like I said, politicians, uh, journalists and writers um i think especially like as i'm thinking about journalism that requires a certain level of research right like these are you people that could write like really good stories uh traveling the world or like getting into like a hot spot like a war zone or something or like where people really struggle and really telling those great stories of how how like what it actually truly looks like right like investigative journalism uh something like that um errors are really really good at um Airs are fairly good at management. Um, they because they would not. They generally don't shy away from decision making. They're pretty decisive, um, and they do like being in charge, right? So they're another leader type. In the same way that like fire, fire, natural born leaders, air also has that um, natural born leadership, um, because they're very intellectual. You know, anybody who has to like scientists you know certain types of scientists um are you know tend to be air types um uh, like i don't know like a uh, astronomers like somebody that has to go above and and beyond and like be, be really curious so again like these are not the people like these are the people that have like a very open-minded to like the great beyond if that makes sense so very often like innovations that require humanity to step outside of the comfort zone would be done by an air because an air is not shying away from discoveries they don't feel uncomfortable or out of outside of their like zone when, when they challenge the status quo they don't feel like oh my god my world is going to crumble uh, under my feet they actually feel oh my god i'm going to build something better um so uh, a lot of like innovative professions um in in any really way shape or form like um it could be from something really small like small research or any type of R&D work, I think, is, is really good for heirs. But also, like, written, like, I mean, we mentioned journalists, but even writers, you know, poets, anything that's written, copywriters, uh, editors, they're going to be good for. Interesting. And uh, I was wondering if um, air people could have maybe some, maybe, like, innate abilities uh, around uh, spiritual space. You know, like, I don't know, maybe certain things they do better. 
or just uh, gravitate to naturally? Mm-hmm. Spiritual abilities. Um, it depends because I, um, like I said before, like you have two types. Um, you have the ones with a completely blocked higher center or higher centers because their brain and their mind is so busy that the mind is preventing them from getting downloads. Or it can be so open that they can become overwhelmed, right? So I think regulating that, um, like in, in terms of like special abilities, um, heirs, a lot of heirs are clairvoyant. So for a lot of heirs, I'd actually see clairvoyance as, as, as like the number one skill um as far as special abilities are concerned and and they can also actually so they have they're actually really good at lucid dreaming out of all things as well so lucid dreaming and even um astral travel could be something that um they're a little bit more naturally prone to than others i'll explain why astral travel because their energy is so volatile they find it easier than other energy types to exit their body if that makes sense makes sense whether that's in dream state or, you know, the actual out-of-body experience, they find it easier than others, which is not to say that it's, like, really, really easy. It's just easier, right, comparatively speaking, right? right. Um, so it's uh, some, sometimes, uh, or should I say, like, very often they may ha- have, like, prophetic dreams. If, if they were only to remember what they dreamt of, like, they, they could find certain similarities between what's happening in their life and what they saw in a dream. They'll, they'll be able to draw parallels. Hmm. That's awesome. And uh, is there any meditation practice that would help air people to balance their energy or have it in the optimal state yeah so i mean i've obviously given you all the ways that the air energy can be disbalanced or not optimal right yeah and there's not just one practice it depends on what we're trying to cure for the air element I would say that if I was to generalize yet again, I would say that the number one issue that air people have is with grounding and commitment. Mm-hmm. So I, that that would be my first natural place that I would want to fix, to be honest, right? And and frankly, I mean, this meditation is just so da that <laughs> a part of me doesn't even want to go there. But hey, you asked, so I have to answer, right? So um, there are many ways to do grounding exercises. There are obviously simple ones that you've all, I think, by now have heard, right? Your simplest grounding exercise is to imagine that you're growing roots, right? You want to make sure that your roots are actually growing from somewhere in your solar plexus area is where they should start like from your core right so you do you do know that your solar plexus is not just your your your, um center of self-identity but it is like the should we say the highest of your lower chakras and that it is almost like the center that would um where you would want to start grounding right you don't want to start grounding yourselves from the soles of your feet that is too um because you're missing out on grounding opportunities if you start just like growing roots from the soles of your feet. You have to start grounding from your solar plexus. So um, literally you would, in a meditative state, you would want to imagine, right, that you are a tree. Um, generally an oak tree or some some kind of a tree that is like big and mighty. And you want to imagine how your roots start growing from the solar plexus chakra down, right? Uh, from the center of your belly, down into the sacral, orange um, orange chakra, down into the red, right? So it's almost like um, the depth of the root. Um, uh, you, you want it to 
almost like permeate your body so that grounding is for real. So it's with as much impact and momentum as it can possibly be. And then you literally would want, obviously you would want to get, um, lower. So go down, um, you know, through the knee area and then imagine two massive roots, um, coming out of each of the soles of your feet. But it's really important that as you're doing that, your all of your uh, lower chakras are activated, right? So as you're growing these roots, power them with your solar plexus. Don't just power them with the soles of your feet because your soles of your feet only has, have so much momentum. They can only grow roots that are so big. Like you're actually going to be missing out and they're not going to be able to ground properly unless it's powered by a solar plexus, right? So you imagine, and you can actually do this meditation standing or laying down, doesn't really matter. But like for the ones of you that, you know, maybe are not used to the feeling of being grounded, of feeling grounded, of feeling at home on this planet, which is the same thing as being grounded. Um, you want to stand um, somewhere outside barefoot, somewhere on the ground, on the soil, on the grass, right? That would be like the perfect, perfect, perfect um, setting for you. And then you just want to imagine the roots going deep inside of the core of planet Earth, right? And you want them to go straight into the very center of planet Earth, um, to the heart of the planet. Imagine that Gaia um, or Terra, you know, there are many ways for this, uh, many names for Earth, right? has a heart inside and it's like this green emerald crystal in her core and what you want to do is you want to your roots you've just grown from your feet to almost like caress and like cuddle and like wrap around the heart of Gaia and that's like where you would get grounded and that is kind of like where you would stop the roots right but don't stop until you get into the very core of the planet right um that's not it um you could also imagine or actually, you know, another way to ground yourself, right, would be you can sit in a lotus pose, um, whether that's in your mind's eye or you can actually sit in a lotus pose physically, whatever feels good. And you want to place both of your palms, the palms of your hands on the ground on, you know, bo both sides of you. Because grounding through your hands um, as well as um, kind of like the tailbone area is also like an important an important exercise. So um, when you're grounding with with your hands, right? It's oh, we're not going to be growing roots from your hands, but it is important as you're placing your palms on the actual soil on the ground or in your mind's eye, you would imagine the ground or the soil or the earth and place your palms. It is really important for you to create 10 touch points, one for each finger with uh, the earth, right? Because um, you cannot fully be grounded just with your feet. You have to bring more of your body into this exercise, right? Um, so what you would do is you would start with, you know, your left hand first. And you would literally just um, start with your smallest finger, your pinky, right? And you would press that finger into the ground, whether that's your physical ground or again, the, the one that you see in your mind's eye, your imaginary ground, if you will, right? And as you do that, imagine that there is almost like an electric current that is shooting out of your pinky finger and getting straight into the middle of the planet, like straight into that heart of Gaia, like electric 
um, almost like there's like an electric loop that is formed from your finger into the heart of guy and then coming back into your finger right and because it's an um, electric loop right it, it would look like a lightning in the sky so that would be kind of like the energy that you're trying to get to exit and enter into your finger and then you would um, go down to the next finger to the ring finger and do the same loop and then you would go finger by finger and when once you're done with your left hand do the same thing with your right hand right this would also help you not only so that like the grounding and the growing roots from the feet would help you feel at home on planet earth and like you belong here right the hands and grounding the hands is actually going to enable you to make impact here because if your energy hasn't fully arrived it's kind of like um on a certain level you may be invisible right just kind of like wind kind of like air like invisible i'm not saying that people are not going to be able to see you but it's almost like your impact is invisible unless you fully commit um once you do this electric connection for the lack of a better title uh, for the lack of a better explanation with the heart of gaia through your fingers everything that you do with this fingers is going to create a sizable measurable impact in the physical right and again our um our hands in general are like an um i'm missing the word it's it's like um a, a it's connected to your actions basically in, in the physical, right? Or impact in general, because it's a symbol. Um, your hands in general is a symbol for every type of activity that you do and the mission and like everything that you came here to do, right? So if your hands are not connected or not grounded, weirdly, you're not going to have much of an impact. And then there is one thing, like I also mentioned the tailbone. So imagine that because you're sitting in the lotus pose, right? So your tailbone is like pretty much right next to the ground. So imagine that at your tailbone, um, there is a sphere of energy and, and that sphere of energy um, is, it's, it's, I don't want to call it white because it's more transparent, but it, it like kind of like glimmers like a diamond or maybe like a crystal quartz. So it's that kind of sphere. And then you want to really imagine that sphere expand, right? And you want that sphere to accumulate the energy of all of your chakras. So it's very important to have a little bit of alignment um, in all of your chakras. And what you actually want to do is you want to take the energy of your higher self, which tends to travel from the crown chakra down right through the all the major chakras. And then you want to allow that energy of the higher self to accumulate in the sphere right around your tailbone. Um, essentially, this is going to be right around where your root chakra is, but this is not going to be the red sphere and it's going to be towards the back side of you, right? Whereas like the root chakra is actually slightly in front of your spine. This sphere that I'm talking about is really in the back of, of your body. So literally at the tailbone as if it was like attached, like, um, like a bunny tail, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Um, and then like you really want to accumulate um, all of that and then um, all of the energy from your higher self. And then you want to make sure that half of that sphere is submerged underground and half of that sphere is above the ground, if that makes sense. And then you really want to make sure that, you know, that which is below the ground helps ground you again into this time, time space reality. So 
I would say like this is probably a decent grounding exercise. That's a really good exercise. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how expected or non-expected it was. I guess I added a couple of elements as we were going by. Yeah, to be <laughs> but a little bit above and beyond maybe <laughs> what I thought originally that I was gonna give. Back to but great grounding okay. exercise. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad you enjoyed I definitely it. Definitely want to give it a try. Um, okay, and uh, the second one would be about um, alignment with like commitment, right? Yeah, so that's interesting um, because I think that it's really hard to commit. Maybe like the next one that we do is actually claiming back 100% of your energy uh, because a lot of you error types have this energy hanging around in a pocket, right? And it's extremely, extremely important to get that energy back to you so you even have something to commit with because very often people don't commit when they just don't feel like they can stay committed if that makes sense and to stay committed to something to stay the course you need to have enough of your energy present for that activity to even happen in the first place um are you okay with that or would you like would you rather work on something else yes let's do this okay let's get the energy back okay cool so um what you want to imagine right and by the way if you're an air type and you're unsure if you have it or you don't, um, it's still better for you to do this exercise just to be sure because the amount of energy you can be missing out on is no joke, right? So, you know, if you're not missing any, no harm is going to be done by this exercise. If you are missing some, you really will thank me later. Um, it's very important to note that when the energy comes into your body, um, it will be portioned out. It doesn't always return to you all in the same go. It's actually, um, this process generally is guided by um, your own set of, you know, spirit guides and higher self. Like there is a whole uh, slew of invisible helpers that are going to be assisting you in this journey. So for each of you, it's going to be individual. For some of you, like if your body is able to handle that amount of energy, it could come back to you pretty, pretty quickly. If your body is not able to, it may take you up to seven months to recoup the energy post this exercise. First things first, though, uh, in order for the energy that has not been integrated or anchored into your body to be able to come back, it needs room and it needs space. Chances are, if you haven't already integrated it, your body is lacking space. If your body is lacking space, step one of this exercise and really the most fundamental thing that we need to do is to increase the space in your body. Specifically for air types, it will be um, your mental body and your energy body. So um, you want to focus, you know, close your eyes, obviously, you know, it's in meditation. Um, you would want to, you know, get into a very calm place, right? Stop your internal dialogue as much as is possible, right? Breathe. Um, and then what you want to do is you want to imagine that you, your body is surrounded by two spheres. The inner sphere is your energy body and the outer sphere is your mental body. Now, granted, you have other light bodies, but we're not working with them today. So for the sake of this exercise, you don't need to worry about them. And that's why I'm not asking you to see them. So as you are in this state, 
I would like you to start breathing. So like you would want to take a deep breath in for the count of four and then take a deep uh, and then take a breath breath out also on a count of four. Right. So like it's very um, measured breathing, so to say. And as you are working on your breath on the out breath, what I would like for you to do is I would like for you to see like imagine picture in your in your mind's eye how both of the spheres of your body are expanding. So on the out breath, you really want the two bodies that you have, the mental and the uh, energy body to really, really expand. And you can even help yourself with your hands, right? Kind of like if you, um, you know, stretch your hands, like bring your hands to um, the front of your body and then kind of like really help the bodies expand by expanding your hands. I think that would be like a nice little exercise. So as you keep breathing, first you want to see how um, these spheres have maybe expanded by 25 or 30 percent. So not that significant, right? And then you want to keep breathing. Then what you want to imagine is that the size of your um, two bodies is taking up your full apartment like or house, whatever you live, right? So expand it to be able to house or encapsulate your full apartment or house, wherever you live, right? So you would want to expand to that um, level. And then as you keep breathing in and breathing out on the next out breath, right? Or, or two or three, however, you know, don't, don't rush into it. If you don't feel you can expand so fast, stay in the breath and do more, more than one breath, you know, to get you to a certain size of your bodies, right? For some people, it might take just one breath to expand to the size of your house. For other people, it might take up to 20 breaths for your mental, uh, you know, and uh, energy body to get to the size of your house. Just be patient with yourself. Stay here. Keep breathing, right? And again, on the out breath, you want to expand, expand, expand. Once you've done that, now imagine that the size of your two bodies now expands to be the size of the whole block that your house or your apartment is on right? Like a whole like city block, town block, like the whole street is now um, incorporated within your two bodies, right? And so again, you want to breathe in here. Then um, what you want to expand your two bodies to is to the size of the town or city that you live in, right? So imagine that that whole city is inside of your mental body and your energy body, like just housed like like an, in a little, um, like, um, glass sphere almost right um and then the last um thing that you would want to do is expand it to the dimensions of planet earth right so expand it to be as big as planet earth once you're here once you're here right you don't want to finish this exercise because right now we're we're generously expanded what you want to imagine is that you as a human you're almost like um a crystal container right and this container has a certain number of energy in it but it you know it's not full to the brim right and there is like a pocket um or we can we can actually imagine like another sphere floating around above your head and the sphere is going to be also crystalline and very beautiful diamond desk type of like energy glow 
very glowy, glimmery, glittery type of sphere, very beautiful, transparent to a certain degree. Um, imagine that for each of you, there is like a sphere full of your energy, the energy of your higher self, like floating around, right? And then what you actually want to imagine is that there is a straw actually that is connecting that sphere and your, the vessel of your body, the crystalline vessel of your body, right? And then, you know, you want to make sure that from that sphere, the energy is starting to come through the straw and kind of like drop and drip into the vessel of you and the vessel of your body, right? Um, if, you know, if um, for some of you, if you're very impatient, <laughs> chances are that if you're an air sign, you're a little bit impatient, um, you may increase and really regulate that flow. For some of you, you can really open it up and then there's going to be a really, really large energetic flow. And for some of you, it's going to be very small. And then what you want to say here is a declaration. And it would go something like, I am such and such. Like you would want to say your first name and your last name. And then you want to say that from today forward, I claim 100% of my energy that was allotted for this incarnation to come into my body and assist me with my mission and with my path. So that is the declaration that you need to make as this energy is coming into your body, right? The power of your personal word, especially when you make a declaration almost like a commandment or an order, like an executive order of sorts, right? Verbally or in the written format has a lot of impact on your personal energy because your word is the ultimate law. So once you make that declaration, the energy must come back to your body, right? Now, um, you may leave the energy, like you may leave the practice here when you feel your vessel has been filled up to, to a good degree, right? Or you may stay here and like wait a little bit, but um, this is pr this pretty much is the practice, right? Um, once you're done, one thing that I would recommend is um, put like a protective pyramid of white light um, around your full body, right? And it needs to be like a very large pyramid indeed. So it can encompass and encapsulate that sphere that's above your head, right? Don't leave the sphere outside of the realm of the pyramid. Make sure that the pyramid is large enough to encapsulate that sphere. The reason being is because you need this extra protection uh, because that energy exchange for a lot of you, for 99% of you, won't be able to be completed during this one meditation. Very often your guides are going to continue working on you for you know, days, if not weeks after that, and especially in your sleep, right? So you might have different kinds of dreams, maybe more vivid dreams that you're like than what you're used to. And definitely notice how different your body feels like over the next like a couple of weeks, because there will be a change. Like you might start seeing that certain things that, um, you didn't want to do all of a sudden you're, you're willing and find interesting, or all of a sudden, like you're, you know, you find it easier to commit to things. Like there is going to be a shift in your day to day that you would be able to tell in, you know, within yourself, you're going to be like, oh my God, I, I'm changing, right? So there, there's, there are going to be like, there's going to be the before and after, if that makes sense for you, right? And the reason, the reason that you want to have this pyramid also over, you know, and protecting you is because 
this is like the equivalent of energetic surgery to a certain degree, like bringing back massive amounts of energy that has not been claimed within your physical body, especially after expanding everything is not energetically is a lot of work. And it's actually a true process of healing. And that process requires uh, like protection, right? In the same way that, for instance, they wouldn't do like a surgery on your physical body unless everything was you know, perfect and pristine and they sterilize like the instruments and everything else. Like, and you know, it's, you know, and you would do that. You'd probably prefer to do that in a hospital, like in, you know, and, and have some oversight, right? Same thing for like a spiritual type of surgery. You want protection of, of white light and the pyramid just tends to be that um, shape uh, that enables that the best. Awesome. That's great. I really like this meditation. And thank you so much for sharing this information with us today. And uh, now I'm going to end this session. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a suggestion for a topic we should explore in the future, please email us at hello at conversationswithmyhigherself.co. If you resonate with our message, please consider leaving us a review or sharing this episode with your friends. The world is going to be better off for it. With much love, Maria and Sergey.